testing the scale out for this company where they have different brew methods that you can download to the scale and it'll tell you when to pour water how much to pour shit like that so we, we are working with a straight up coffee let me folks <laughs> it, it, welcome to yet another uh, illustrious episode of you know how we do and uh I'm here. Just why don't you say, uh, just introduce yourself real quick. Just tell everybody who you are real fast. What's up, uh, Lynn Butler? That's me. Uh, some folks. I mean, I don't know. Like some folks, especially being here in Chapel Hill. This is the. You, this is this is where I'm from. You know, I want to call you Pez. Yeah, I know, right? So I was gonna say, you know, I mean, folks that might listen to Lurk Mode might know me as DJ Pez. Okay. So. Do you still ever rep that? I mean, have you DJed anytime recently? Yeah, so I actually retired because I started moving more towards coffee and, you know, staying up at 4 a.m. and then getting up at 8 just wasn't working Yeah, the older I get. So I retired, but then uh, through barista competitions and coffee competitions, I've been asked to come out and DJ parties. So I went out to Amsterdam and DJed a party, DJed a party up in Boston, uh, in London, and then in L.A., and and I'm retired, so bro, you are still doing it. You're doing it harder now than, than back in the day. It's some wild shit. So, all right. So, I'm looking at DJ Pez across from me right now, and we have got. First of all, we've got some wild ass future scale, which you just heard him mentioning. But what am I? What do you call that uh, contraption sitting on top of the scale? So this is just a, a, a pour over dripper, and this is a, a company called Slow Pour. Uh, and this is their origami dripper. Yeah, man, it yeah. looks it looks beautiful. I mean, I've seen. Uh, I, I'm kind of lit. I already forgot what it's called. A slow slow pour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's a slow pour based on how slow it's going. But, folks, essentially what he's doing here, we got we got like a little pot with um, a little. Uh, it almost looks like a like a doll, like right on my little table with with my gear on it. We have got this whole setup going. Uh, Pez grind, grinded the coffee. I had some nice uh, pH water, high pH water on deck, and we put that in the percolator and heated that up. And now he has got this uh, slow pour contraption sitting on top of a. I mean, I, I didn't know what that was. I thought it was like an external hard drive or some shit. But um, <laughs> he's got this really fancy scale, and the scale is actually. Uh, he's actually weighing the amount of water that he's using. I assume he weighed the amount of coffee. Uh, yeah, man. That uh, he put in there as well. Now he's doing a little bit of a little bit of a swirl. 
Uh, is that part of the the move right there, the swirl? Yeah, man, because uh, different parts of coffee extract at different times. So you want to make sure everything is nice and integrated together before oh you start God. to taste it, you know? This is amazing. So also, folks, I don't drink a lot of coffee. I, we just had a big talk about it. I'm not going to do the whole speech I just gave Lim, but uh, I don't drink a lot of coffee. So uh, not for any reason, really, other than the fact that it gets me jacked as fuck. And um, that's about to happen, man. Cheers. So you already know this is the right temperature. He didn't even like blow on the shit. He didn't even look at it. He just put it straight to his lips. Uh, let's let's take these. Cheers, man. Yes, brother. Yeah. Um, man, that is solid. This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this this is one of the best. Is this your coffee that we're drinking? Yeah, well, I didn't grow it, but we, we roasted it. Yeah. This, this is a, a coffee from Ethiopia that, um, um, you know, my company, Black and White Coffee Roasters, uh, we roasted it up. And um, yeah, this, oh, this, yeah. God, man. Something this a little is, special. This yeah. is refreshing. You know, <laughs> it's kind of, it's like a little bright in here, but there might be a little bit of smoke in the room right now. And it, I just feel like we're... Something about this experience makes me just feel like I'm in another land right now. Like I could be, I feel like I'm in Ethiopia. Hey, right man, now. we should get on a plane, man. Get out of here. Yeah, check man. this shit out. Is there something about you know people really get into wine? You know what I mean? I don't really fuck with wine like that, but people get really into it. Yeah. And I think a huge thing about wine is probably you know where it's from, right? And the different lands that the, that the wines come from. And there's something like maybe kind of romantic about that, you know, where you can like get into it. I, I assume it, it's similar with coffee, right? Or it, or it oh, can yeah. be. Yeah, it can be. First coffee comes from Ethiopia. It was, that's where it's Yeah, I was gonna say, indigenous. that's like the Mecca of yeah, coffee, yeah. So uh, like most coffee people, they wanna get to Ethiopia to see where coffee comes from. It grows in a while there. And it's, you know, made its way around the world, but it's the same as uh, wine. You have different specific grape varieties. You have different coffee varieties. And you, you have the terroir where coffee is grown. Same thing with, with grapes. Uh, the land, the, the, the climate, uh, how it's harvested, how it's processed. Um, and the same thing with coffee. The land, the, the climate, uh, how it's harvested, how it's processed. And then when we get it at Black and White, uh, we kind of take care of it, trying to bring out what we think that coffee variety has to offer. And then we want to mix that with what we have to offer with browning a lot of those sugars in the coffee to bring out those caramel notes, those smoky notes, those chocolate notes, you know what I'm saying? Things that like coffee drinkers really like. Yes. But we want to highlight some of those bright things. Like, you you highlight that yeah. through the roasting process? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. So tell me, like, yeah. how does that work? What's up with that? Yeah, so I mean, all coffee has is a seed of a fruit. So, and fruits have different sugars. So wherever coffee grows on a mountain, the higher that, up on the mountain it goes, the, the more dank it's gonna be, okay. uh, the more sugar it's gonna have. And then we can take those sugars and like caramelize those sugars, bring out like caramel notes, chocolate notes, but then preserve some of those other variety notes like uh, fruit notes or like acidity and things like that. So I imagine roasting coffee, I mean, you gotta be careful, right? Cause obviously you could over roast it and oh, yeah, probably totally. under roast it. Yeah, um, yeah, think, think about your favorite, you know, bakery, get just dope loaf of bread and you want to toast it up, right? How far do you toast it before you no longer taste the bread and all you're tasting is the toast? Right. You know, you can burn the hell out of some bread. You can burn the heck out of some, some uh, coffee too. Damn good coffee and hot. Mode. 
Um, dude, I already feel a little loose off this coffee, man. Um, but like in a good way, you know. And yeah, that too, man. You know, it's like uh, I feel it's very European in here right now, y'all. It's kind of like uh, like we're in like Amsterdam right now. Yo, yo. So when I, yeah, so check it out. So the World Barista Competition was in Amsterdam, and my uh, my business partner he was going with his wife, and I was like, damn. I don't really have any business going to Amsterdam, but I would love to go. And I put the word out, like, you know, well, if there was a party and anyone needed a DJ, <laughs> I would love to go. And so the, the people bit, they were like, hell yeah, like, why don't you come out and play for a couple hours and we'll fly you out. So I, so I went to Amsterdam and I went to check out the, the coffee shop and I go to get go to the coffee shop and with the experience and everything, got a J, hit it. And I was like, what the fuck? They put tobacco in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was their thing. They, they mixed tobacco Yo, with, so the, with weed. Yeah, so my homies are really into spliffs right now. Yeah. And I was actually, when I was spinning that, I was like, uh, I was going to ask how you felt about uh, tobacco mixed with it. Um, just, you know, just as like, because, you know, cigarettes and coffee also go together. You yeah, know, yeah. they're kind of like a thing. I don't know if you fuck with tobacco at all. I'm guessing no, based on the way you're describing. <laughs> or at least you weren't expecting any to be in there. So no, you, you no. bought like a pre-roll. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And, and. Yeah, did not like it. Damn. Yeah, but but I realized that you have to be very specific. Yeah. Yeah. But also very cool just to be smoking a dub like at the coffee shop. Were you sipping on a cup of coffee too? No, I didn't have any coffee. <laughs> did they actually? You didn't have any? I didn't have any. coffee. Okay, but they did serve they, coffee. They, they did have there, coffee right? there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I'm like I'm like, do they just call it a coffee shop? But at this point, it's just it's just a weed shop. No, there was coffee. <laughs> there, there was a couple of people hanging out. And you know, some people would come in. It was it was weird. It was like almost like a dispensary in the front, but there was no nothing on display. Got you. And then there was like plexiglass, and then there was there was like a room. You can see in the room, and there was a couple of people like reading. Someone had a computer out. Well, I remember going. You know, and maybe it it probably was a little bit more loose, like say in the '90s. But I remember going to um, a coffee shop uh in or actually not so much well we we went to a coffee shop but we went to like a straight up like weed shop in amsterdam in like 2009 and it wasn't like this free-for-all like you know it wasn't like the produce department at the fucking grocery store and like everybody just having a fucking good time it was like we were in a line like motherfuckers had to take their hat off yeah. type shit oh really you know? yeah like security camera and you kind of just went up to like the counter and I don't even I don't even recall if like things were like really on display. Now that was one spot. And and you know, now I'm kind of tripping because we did go we did go to another spot that had you could buy all types of weed in there and they had shells with fucking bongs and oh, right on. and all kinds yeah. of shit. And my homeboy took this huge bong down and um I ended up almost passing out at a McDonald's like shortly uh, shortly <laughs> after that. Um, and that's definitely a story for another day, but uh so yeah, so I guess I am kind of tripping, but like I don't ever remember seeing like just like a gang of weed out though, like right. to look at, you know, but um, shit, maybe, maybe I'm off. The coffee shop that we went to, we did go to a coffee shop and I remember being actually kind of let down by the experience. For some reason, it wasn't like as cool as I thought it was going to be, but. Yeah, because like in college, that's all you heard about. It's like the coffee shops mm -hmm. in, in Amsterdam, you know, I got to go, I got to go. I, I want to check it out. But um it wasn't what I, I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. What was the party like, though? I feel like that, that's oh, a city that gets, that gets down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the party was tight, dude. It was like, uh, you know, a few thousand people. I mean, the, the trade shows, especially the international ones, they, they, um, there's anywhere from like ten to 15,000 people 
from all over the world to come around. And, and these after parties can be, you know, two, 5,000 people. And I was one of, uh, I think three, three DJs, um, except for like the, the cats after me, they were, they, I guess they counted as one cause it was like two dudes tag teaming, but, um, yeah. And I mean, the place was already packed out when I got there. I, I played my set and yeah, I had him rocking, dude. The, the light, the guy, the light guy, he was just on point. Never met this dude. And as soon as I started playing, he like, I mean, his lights were just on with everything that I dropped. It was just dope. Damn, bro. Yeah. Man, I wish I was there, man. Yeah, I'm getting was, like major was, FOMO. It was hype this. as shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, wow. That sounds great. Yeah. So, and that was a coffee event, though. Yeah, that was a coffee event. Okay. So, were people like, do coffee people party, though? Or, I mean, was everybody just like jacked on coffee or were people like getting lit off other substances? I'm sure people were lit on other shit. Um. <laughs> but are there people in your industry who just like the, just the, they chain drink coffee basically like they got a cup of coffee in their hand like at all times type shit like uh, coffee holics yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of the party conversations always go back to coffee i like i have i play this game where um i'll start fucking with people where i'll, I'll try and change the conversation to something else and see how long it takes to get to back come back to coffee, to coffee. okay yep. And okay. it always comes back. So these people, these are people who are, they're living coffee lifestyle. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you're you're pretty much living the coffee oh, lifestyle definitely, at this point. definitely. Yeah. yeah my, my wife picks on me all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, do you love coffee? Yeah. I mean, do you really fucking love it? Yeah. I mean, this is not just a job to you. This is some dope shit. Like, I mean, when I first started, it was just coffee. It was just like, you know, this is just a job. I was going to be in it for like maybe six months, uh, maybe a year. Um, I mean, this was actually when I was living down the street from here. Yeah. And uh, I was biking through that path from the, the community center, uh, that, through the woods, all the way up to campus. Yeah, yeah, to get to, to Bro, campus. I jogged yeah. on that shit all the time. <laughs> that was my route. And and uh, yeah, so I was doing that and I was like, yeah, maybe six months. And like eight months in, one of my uh, coworkers was, was like, yo, I'm competing in this barista competition. Come check it out. Uh, come support me. So I was like, all right, cool. Checked it out. Uh, as soon as I walked in, there were like uh, three three stations with espresso machines. There was an MC. Uh, there was music. There was like coffee people everywhere. Shit was dope. It was like uh, Iron Chef for coffee. Oh shit! And I've I been talking like, about Iron Chef lately too. Really? Man. really? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I and love I was that and shit. I was watching Iron Chef back then. Yeah, that was, was like, that was shit was hot, bro. And and this was in um this was in um uh, a Southern season in the uh, cooking school upstairs. Um, yeah. and so I was like, fuck. Well, I want to do this. So I had to stay in coffee another year to get to the competition, and I competed and did horrible. You know, I was slinging drinks in the cafe thinking I was shit, but then I get on stage and it was like. You know, out of 25 breezes, I placed 23rd. And so I was like, fuck it. I want to do uh, really good at this competition. So I started messing around with uh, folks at Counterculture. Uh, this woman, Cindy Chang, she was like um, basically running the regional competitions. And I was like, you know, teach me everything you want, you know, about this competition. And uh, so I was in coffee for another year. And then I competed again and I won the regional and then I went to nationals and it just kept snowballing into more and more shit. So that's when I discovered that there was something about coffee that um, 
I don't know. It, it was very similar to like to like music. You know, you rock a show, you bring like all this energy to this this party, to this vibe. Well, now, and, but you're now you're definitely taking it to another level. So let's just drop let's just yeah. drop your resume real quick, okay? <laughs> all, right. all right. We've been talking about the fact that Pez works in the coffee industry, and we I've alluded to the fact that he has his own. He's got his own uh, bean game. He's got his coffee company, black black and white roasters. Yeah, black and white roasters. Um, but what we haven't talked about yet is that my man's is a, are you international at this point champion or just national? Yeah, I went international. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so drop it. So <laughs> my man is a barista champion. And if you don't know what a barista is, that's the person making, uh, making the coffee, you know, making the espresso drink, steaming the milk, uh, making sure that the, uh, espresso, uh, power, uh, espresso grind is not pressed too tight or too loose when you, uh click it into the <laughs> espresso machine. I don't know the terminology, um, but you are a champion. So I wanted to ask you, you know, like <clears throat> DJ skills, right? I mean, like you got good hands, right? Because, yeah. you know, uh, turntablism requires uh, some good, some deft uh, work with the hands and the wrists and the fingers. So do you feel like, um, and then also, you know, the timing is everything in DJing as well. So do you feel like those skills have helped you as a barista? I mean, you, you did the comparison to music, right? Obviously yeah, you love music, yeah. you love rocking a show. And I feel like when you're doing this, this type of barista competition, I mean, like you almost kind of feel like a rock star, you know what I mean? Like almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you got 15 minutes on, or on, anything, on stage. Or uh, anything, a competitive yeah. athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got 15 minutes on stage to, you know, and you have everyone's attention and you have a platform to do whatever. Do you get to style out though? Do you get oh, to hell do... yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, so, so, <laughs> so, so just imagine, you yes. know, like, Set the like scene. almost like a dissertation uh, on coffee. You know? Oh, so you're talking too. You're giving like yeah. a little TED talk yeah, while you do yeah, this shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're giving a little, little 15 minute TED talk. All eyes on you, bro. You got like four judges uh, that are sensory judges that are tasting everything, right? So you have their attention. These judges from all around the world, if you're on an international stage, nationally, they're all around the country. Um, then there's a head judge, and then there's two technical judges that are, that are watching everything you do. There's an espresso machine that they provide a grinder from the, you know, the, the different machine sponsors. And so you have 15 minutes to bring a coffee and present uh, whatever you're presenting in the form of three drinks, an espresso, a cappuccino, and a signature drink. And you're talking about the coffee that you're bringing to the table, what they're gonna taste, why they're tasting it. You tie it into what the farmer's doing, what the roaster's doing. And yeah, you, you produced this fucking incredible tasting experience for like 15 minutes. Bro, you want to know something fucked up? What? You know what I I imagined the barista championship? Yeah. I, I pretty much just thought it was like speed and shit. I thought there was like five <laughs> of you lined up and it was like the first one to make like a proper latte. No, nah, man. No, no. Damn, no, bro. I, I, I can't believe I never like thought beyond that. I just figured you were super fast. No, nah, this is some, like, other, dude, this he's, is he's some other shit. You can be fast. You got to be fast because so, and, and, and the thing about like tying it into like DJing, it's like with DJing, you're multitasking and you're so good at your skill that you're thinking like three and four songs down the road that the, the party hasn't even heard. They're they're on a different vibe and you're attached to that vibe and you're thinking about other shit while you're DJing and turntable and flipping tracks, you know? The same thing with coffee. You're like steaming milk, pulling shots of espresso, talking to the customer, 
listening to customers come in and ordering drinks and you're like preparing, you're like, okay, I've got like three drinks I'm making right now. Now I'm listening down the line of what these customers are asking for. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to like put things in order. So I'm going to steam milk for these three lattes or these two cappuccinos. Well, I mean, it's cooking, you know? bro. Too. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's basically like you're so, pulling tickets yeah. and you're maximizing your time. You and know? with the competition, they're they're looking for how well you're able to like really like execute an awesome, you know, drinking experience. Yo, this is DJ Pez, and you're listening to Lurk Mode, son. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, how we met because we've actually known each other for a really long time. But I'm going to go back a not long fucking time, <laughs> not to the very beginning, but close to the beginning. All right. right, this is not like our first interaction, but this is the time period that we we became good friends. But if you'll recall, I was actually a barista when we started hanging out. I yeah. wasn't a particularly good one. But uh, we both worked at a place called Foster's Market in Chapel Hill. Um, I worked there. You were just there because you were seeing somebody that worked there. So you were in there a lot. But did you? were you working there the whole time? <laughs> I feel like you were just there a lot. And then you were there so much that one day you just like clocked in. <laughs> like so you were just standing there and someone handed you something and you were like, oh shit, I guess I work here now. <laughs> No, it, it was like, uh, yo, so we need someone to deliver this catering order. Do you mind doing it? It's like, nah, and turn into a job. <laughs> okay, word up. So yeah. I when I, I was a, a bit of an everyman there. You know, by the time yeah. I stopped, you know, we <clears throat> we actually had a little bit of crossover because I think you actually took over some stuff that I, because I had been doing some deliveries for catering as well. Like it kind of got to the point where I would like show up at Foster's and they would just kind of like assign me. Oh, like, yeah. Like just, just yeah. we need help here today. Yeah. I was kind of like a floater, which was kind of cool, I guess. But when I first started working there, I was opening the coffee bar every morning. And, you know, uh, for example, uh, a grocery store that I won't name in this particular conversation that I used to work at, you know, you order a coffee drink there, they just got a machine. And if it's one shot, they push a button and one shot comes out. And if it's two shots, they push another button and two shots come out. You know what I mean? They're not fucking tink, 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 you know, popping yeah. the the grind into the, what do you call this thing? No, port filter. Okay, yeah. the port filter? Port filter. Port filter. So they're not dropping fucking grind into the port filter. They're not tamping it, making sure that it's, you know, like I said, not too loose and not too tight. You know, they're not, you know, they're steaming milk, um, I feel like on their own, but they might even be pushing a button for that shit, you know? Like yeah. we had like a little thermometer and shit. So I feel like maybe sometimes we didn't even use the thermometer, but like, Anyways, yeah, dude, I would get in the I would get in the weeds real fast, man. Um, with hella tickets, like I was trying to do like what you're talking about, you know, thinking ahead and like maximizing and, and doing this, that, and the other. But man, it would get hectic, man. And you know the type of customers. I mean, we had Karens before Karen. Oh yeah, was even oh, a yeah. thing. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And if a Karen's not getting her cappuccino <laughs> or a Karen's got a little too much foam on her shit, like Karen, For, Karen's yeah. gonna be like tapping on her damn watch. Oh yeah. And then when the shit ain't right, she's gonna come back and tell you about and it. And flip. Yeah. yeah. And you know that that would have me. That would have me nervous, bro. Because <laughs> I don't like that shit, man. And straight flip. I don't yeah, like being young. Because yeah. you just feel trapped, man. Because you know you can't tell them what you're 
what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're just kind of, and you're behind a counter too, bro. It's like, I'll get claustrophobic back there. Like someone will just dog me out and like, I can't, there's nowhere to go. You I don't get go. to go I'm hide. Trapped. I'm trapped. Yeah, I can't yeah. go in the back yeah. and like cool and, off. I'm stuck here for your abuse. Yeah, I got to make drinks for the next Karen, bro. I hope <clears> she doesn't trip. So. Yeah, man. That's the service industry, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was thinking today, I was like, man, I was a barista when we met, you know? Yeah. And then you didn't even barista there. You were working on campus, right? Nah, nah. I, I, I didn't start... Um, what shit that was like the late 90s when you were working there right yeah it was 99 man 99. When, we were, when we were hanging oh, oh hell yeah 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 so i, I didn't start in coffee till 03 okay because yeah. like 99 that was like saying kofa days yeah. it was yeah <laughs> it was and uh i do want to talk about some some music related stuff so let's speaking of music let's go back to the uh the very first time that i saw you I was, we did not meet in this in this moment but you came through and you fucked me up pretty bad um mostly just because of my own head so let me set the scene for y'all and this, this is going to be a little bit of a, a painstaking um uh, explanation but y'all just gonna have to bear with me but we had a thing i went to chapel hill high school this was probably 96 or 97 i think it was 96 though because i don't think it was my senior year yeah it had to be 96 and my school put on a talent show that was a lip-syncing it was like a lip-syncing event and uh you know you could pick your favorite song or whatever and lip-sync to it and me and another white dude um we're gonna do uh a rap song but we were going to actually uh, uh we were gonna rap we weren't gonna lip sync we i found the instrumental uh so we were gonna try to do a song by the alcoholics we were gonna try to do only when i'm drunk by the alcoholics and of course the school would not let us do that but somehow i convinced them to let us do uh shook ones part two by bob deep and i had the cassette single that had the instrumental on it and uh we got up there and my homeboy, uh, man, he got his hair braided and everything for this shit. He was ready. Uh, he was ready, man. We definitely, uh, you know, I think we had like bandanas and shit tied up, man. We were definitely trying to look mob deepish. And, um, you know, I was already rapping at this point. So like I knew how to rap, you know, I, I didn't have many performances, but like if anything, I could certainly rap some other person's verse, no problem. You know what I mean? So we get up there. I do the first verse. I can't remember if I'm Havoc or Prodigy, um, but I do a verse. My homeboy does his verse and kind of flubs it. Uh, I feel like I pick up and kind of take back over. And then we get to like the second verse, his second verse. And I think he flubs that too. And then I think at that point, I'm like, okay, fuck it. And then we had uh, a little, they were going to let us do a little quick freestyle sesh after that. So um, I uh, I think I set the the freestyle off. And I say something that's not, it's not particularly good. There was a guy, uh, a senior who sagged his pants uh, really low, this guy, uh, Kyle Peterson. And I said something about that. I, I sagged my pants low, like Kyle Peterson. I remember saying that. And uh, that, I don't think I really said anything that cool. So I think I was, already, you know, I'm already embarrassed about the flub. I'm already embarrassed about just everything that's happening. And then my man comes on, he does like two lines in a freestyle, fucks up and then bails. And at that point, I think I just was like, cut the shit off, you know, like we're done, you know? And I just leave the stage like in shame, bro. Like I'm hanging my head. I'm so embarrassed, you know? Like people knew that like I freestyled at parties and stuff, but like this was like a moment, you know, I, where I wanted to like let my high school know that like I was a serious yeah. rap guy, yeah. you know? And even though I felt like I, for the most part, fulfilled my promise, 
you know, my, my buddy, um, you know, not bringing his A game, like just really brought me down, you know, I just felt ashamed and, you know, it was fine. It wasn't a big, well, it was a big deal to me. It was a big yeah. deal to me. And then, so I'm, I'm in the crowd, you know, a few more songs go down, whatever. Nobody else was, was everybody else was just lip syncing, you know, and you think that it's over. And then all of a sudden <laughs> this tall, bespectacled, long haired gentleman comes out and bro you like it was just so amazing like Lim walks up to the fucking he, he's already got your shit set up i feel like <laughs> and he just walks up and you like sampled yourself bro or you already had the sample ready to go because you just go what's up chapel hill and then it goes chap 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 chapel hill and everybody was like oh and i was like bro what the fuck is happening right now you know I was like, what the fuck? And then like this beat comes on and like, bro, in my mind, like Equity was on like a cordless mic, like up at the top of the stadium and came like running down the, the or the auditorium and came like running down the stairs and shit. Like I, I'm probably just making that up, but like he was a senior or had he already graduated? He, so he had already graduated. They had asked, he, I think he graduated the year before. Okay. And but he was like a legend at the yeah, school. Yeah, he was already like donkey Kong or something was his, was his like nickname? MC name oh, okay, or something. Okay. I can't I'm remember. just saying like he was be a beloved person yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, high yeah, school. Yeah. You know? So they asked him to come back to that talent show and like like headline, I guess. And um I lived Nobody knew. Nobody knew that was oh, I really? didn't know I oh, had really? no idea. Bro. Oh wow. It was not promoted. I was not expecting that at all. Wow, he he kinda asked me last minute because And how did y'all know each other? Uh I lived two doors down from him. Okay. And that was like, we called our place the dungeon because like everybody kind of flocked there and, and got high. And there'd be like people like staying with us for like a month, just sleeping on the couch. But that was the kind of place that we, where we lived. But anyway, he came by and was like, yo, I'm doing this talent show. Can you like DJ for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so show up blazed the fuck out i remember you guys because i think you guys were like right before us or well we were towards the end towards i don't the think end? there was okay. many uh acts after us i don't remember many acts at all i remember getting there seeing you guys and then we started playing and they were left dude it <laughs> but like bro like you know i'm sitting there and i'm already feeling bad because i did bad but i'm like you know this is just a stupid fucking lip sync event anyways like who gives a shit and then y'all came out and turned it into a hip hop show. And I just, my heart just exploded with, with grief, you know, but you guys were so good. You guys were so hype and like the place went nuts. And if anything, that just made everybody forget the thing that I had done. And that was probably uh, a good thing. Cause I'm sure all anybody remembers from that is, is you and Equity. Do you know how many songs you guys did? I, I don't, it was only I, like one or two. I right? have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It was quick. So how did you, quick. did you sample yourself on the fly or did you have it already loaded yeah, on the sampler? I, I sampled it on the fly. So the mixer I had was, um, man, it was sound, sound design or something like that. It was like a four track mixer and it had, um, it had a sampler. So you could sample anything on the fly and you can store, I think three samples and then okay because bro you like save them. Right. I, I mean i'll never forget hearing that because it was just i had never i don't think i'd ever seen like a proper dj you know because i'm trying to think of like i remember my first show at cat's cradle and it was in 95 and it was um 
It was the Velt and Plutopia. Oh, the Velt. Wow. Dude, I wow. love the, the Dude, Velt's to, dope. To this day, yeah. I still love them. And bro, yeah. just a sidebar, um, those guys are still doing it. You know, it's the two yeah. the two yeah. brothers. And um I used they, to run into Marvin all the time in Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they are so good now. I saw them play in the back room at Cat's Cradle for this um uh like fundraiser event that I was on, but they were headlining it. And it was so loud and so good and so beautiful. I was in the front and I just kept turning around and looking at the crowd because I was like this. I was like, oh, like my mouth is hanging open. And I just was doing the thing where I'm like turning around. I'm like, are y'all seeing this? You know, are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? And I was like, these guys could be in like a giant arena right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're in like a small club in Carborough, but like the caliber of the music I'm hearing and seeing, they could be at like Red Rocks right now. Like rocking that shit man those guys are so fucking good but it was the velt and plutopia you know but that, that's like a band you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so in 96 i don't think i'd ever been to like a hip-hop show that wasn't either just homies rapping at a party or something like this like at school mm -hmm. you know or like a school event i mean dude i rapped i did a project in eighth grade at colbert middle school where i rapped about southern pines me and my homeboy did like a a rap over the instrumental of uh wicked that um uh, the ice cube song wicked yeah um so you know i've seen like some rap but like i never seen like a, a proper dj come through and like you know dude a sampler you know what i mean like oh, what like holy yeah. shit and that's that dude that um <clears throat> that i did shook ones with um he ended up getting a sampler he got a 303 he was the first dude i knew oh right that, on. Uh, yeah, that yeah. had a sampler man and like dude yeah man it's fucking crazy but like dude yeah man you guys really shut it down and um I think I probably even, I mean, I think we knew that, you know, DJ, it was like, you know, Donkey Cog and yeah. uh, DJ Pez. Where did you get, um, how did you decide on the name DJ Pez? Uh, that actually happened at the dungeon. That was, uh, so I, I moved back from Boston. Please tell me you just ate a lot of Pez candy. I did. Yeah, oh yeah. My God. So, so I moved back from Boston <laughs> and I moved into uh, on Cole Street with uh, my boy Dewad, uh, my boy Derek. Charles lived in the duplex next door. Aquady lived two doors down with his mom and his brother. And um, I had my deck set up in the living room and I was all, always have like, you know, a Pez dispenser with candy and sometimes just have the actual candy out. But um, like everybody would come over and, and freestyle and I'd just spin records. And I think, I don't know if it was Aquady or Dewad but one of them threw that into a freestyle and called me DJ Pez. Oh my God. And then that just kind of stuck. And that was like 90, 94. Did you collect uh, Pez dispensers? Yeah, I had a bunch of them. I had like- What were some ones that you remember? Shit, like um, like like the Peanuts characters, yeah. um, Star Wars, nice. um, like, you know, the random like Disney shit that came out. Um, yeah, just I don't, I don't think I had any like wild shit, but yeah, and stuff like that. That is that is great. I mean, I think deep down, you know, we all hope that it was from because you were involved with Pez Candy, you know. But I don't yeah. know if I ever actually asked you that or not. Yeah, yeah, that was what it was. Well, yep. So let's see if you remember this moment. Um, you know, I I kind of owe you um, because you were the first person that ever quote unquote uh, put me on. Really? Because, yeah, man. So you were opening for, uh, you were DJing a Typhoon show oh, at Local 506. Tough and move. you and Shaw, 
I don't know if Shaw was promoting it or y'all were co-promoting it, but Bum Rush was involved. Yeah, yeah. And um, Damn. you know, he was he was like I felt like he had like merch for sale and shit. Like he was definitely involved in something, and you know, perhaps you as well. And me and Jake had been, you know, writing raps and we'd been like performing at parties and stuff. And I think we thought like, you know, we were ready to do a show. And um no, it's good if you want it. Yeah, I'm good too. Um, uh, you, sorry, man. I just, <laughs> I just got a little, just got a little lit. Um, but you, I don't know. Somehow I started talking to you, and you were like, "Yeah, man, why don't you come do a couple songs at the beginning?" So you were down. Like you offered me the slot, and it was good to go. But then we, uh, I don't know if Jake was there or not, but we went up there, and Shaw was not feeling it. And like, dude, that's my fucking boy now. Like, shout out fucking Shaw, um, Bum Rush, man. That's my fucking boy. I love that dude. But he didn't know me at all. Yeah. And, you know, he was about his shit. You know, he was serious. And, you know, we pretty much had to beg him. We had to fucking like beg him to let us because he wasn't feeling it. Because you had said like, yeah, man, do it. But he was like, nah, man, nah, y'all can't. Y'all can't do this shit. And I remember begging him and he said something about like, yeah, man, you know, or like, oh, you got in this game is your balls and your word. And I said, I remember I said, dude, I said, I'm giving you my word right now and you'll see my balls on stage. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't ever say cool shit like that anymore, bro. It's like I was harder back then, you know? Um, oh, shit. But we convinced him and we did two songs. Word. And uh, dude, I remember I fucking, this is embarrassing as shit. I wore uh, an Afro wig and with a trucker cap over it. So like I had the Afro wig on, so I put the trucker cap on. So I had like two big puffs yeah. on the side of my head. And I'm pretty sure that I was wearing a shirt. This is so embarrassing to admit, y'all. This is just, you know, I'm putting my shame out there, man, because I'm <laughs> because I'm woke now and I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging the mistakes of my past. But uh, I had on a shirt that said, where are all the high school girls at? And uh, I had made the shirt. <laughs> So I wasn't just wearing the shirt, I had made the shirt. And I had made it because a buddy of mine, um, we used to go to you know high school parties after we graduated high school. And like I think we thought it was funny to be like, the creepy guys that yeah. are like still going to the high school party. So uh, you know, we would joke like, where are the high school girls at, you know? And so we said it so much that like, I made shirts. I made a shirt for him. I feel like he said it more. Um, but you know, I should obviously share, share plenty of blame in this shit, but, uh, I made shirts for us that said it, man. And they were bad. They were like, you know, I just printed some shit and like sent it to some company and it was basically oh, just like, I had it printed. It was oh, just, shit. no, but it was like, a, it was like an iron on, you oh, know, right. yeah, I yeah. mean, like I had yeah. it printed, but like the shit was pretty, pretty bobo, but, uh, we used to rock that shit. So I wore that shirt, uh, and the Afro wig. So, I mean, I'm just fucking up like left and right. And, uh, but we, you know, I feel like we rocked it. I felt like we did uh, a good job. And then, um, I don't know who else played, but, uh, Typhoo, Chapel Hills, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did the shit. Um, but those are the homies yeah. though, man. Those guys. I, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yo, so, Sankofa. Sankofa, Word. man. Y'all really, y'all really did the the live band hip hop thing for this area. Yeah. Um, I mean, y'all were, I'd say y'all were the best. I don't really know who was who was fucking with y'all, man. There were some good musicians in that band. You were in it, of course. Um, and Cream, I mean, I, what I'll say about Cream is like, uh, 
just a just a ch- charismatic frontman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Me personally, not my favorite rapper of all time, yeah. but like a very a very good frontman. Yeah. You know? Um and y'all rocked it, man. And um, you know, because me and Jake were rapping with Brother Monk. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah. And there was definitely some some <laughs> yeah. jealous some jealousy there, you know. <laughs> um and you know, shout out to Monk. Brother Monk. Those are all my oh, boys, yeah. man. And you know, they're special, but like the bands are different, man. You yeah. know, your guys' energy was just just bigger, you yeah. know. Yeah, that was wild. That was but, a wild time. Yeah, y'all were going hard. So so describe that that time that, period. That a little shit bit. just came out of like like just I don't know, I guess the stars just aligned because like like back to that ninety four shit. Like I tried to start a band back then. Um, because I wanted um I just wanted to have that freedom from like, you know, having samples and having to clear samples and, and shit like that. So um, I put together a couple of cats in the dungeon, but it just wasn't cohesive. It was just, just a bunch of fuckers getting high and, and just doing their own thing. And it just sounded whack as hell. Um, I mean, it was like a saxophone player, a guy playing a flute. Uh, yeah, a guy, a guy a guitar guy, like guy, this. Yeah, guy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy Grant. You know Grant Janelle? Oh, uh, no, I don't oh, know, man. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Shout out to Grant. That was my boy. Uh, I actually came out of retirement to DJ his wedding recently. No but shit, yeah, bro. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And, and it bro, just... By the way, if you keep coming out of retirement, are you still retired? How many times do know, you come man. out of retirement before you are no longer retired? I mean, you're like a boxer at this point. Am I? <laughs> you know? Because I feel like boxers will like come out. Like it's just, like, just is, come May, out. is Mayweather just... retired? You no, know? He no, just fights I mean, like yeah, once just, a year. Just come out and play it. Play a gig. Yeah. You know, when when you feel like it. Yeah. You know? but, yeah. But anyway, but, but the whole Sankofa thing came about when um, I had that i had a store lost city music and video yes and oh my god i feel like i just missed that when did that place close that i don't know like um i i, I basically left in 99 99 yeah because that was when the band just started taking off everybody had graduated and we just kind of like hit the road a lot but um yeah th- the band just started from lost city we would clear it out and have uh, musicians poets, MCs, and I had my turntable set up. And Apple Juice Kid came by. Um, I think uh, Mark came by with his keys. And I was playing some um, samples that I had. And they started playing along with it. And the next time, uh, Brando came by with his bass. And this woman thought we were a band and asked us to open up uh, the cradle. Uh, She had a sold out show, didn't have an opener. And she was just kicking it at Lost City? Yeah, just kicking it at Lost City. Do you remember City. who it was? Uh, Beth Hett. Okay. Uh, she was like a senior at UNC at the time. Oh, wow. Like a... Yeah. Okay, I was imagining like like some like woman woman. Who no, was no. She that... she um, she um had this benefit set up and it was a sold out like show, like 600 people. Yeah. And didn't have um an opener and thought we were a band and was like, yeah, can you guys open? So we were like, all right, fine. And we got together at uh, uh, Brant, uh, no, it's at, at uh, Apple Juice's house. Him and uh, Mark lived together. And we came up with like five songs. We came up with like a hip hop 101 that Steph wanted to do. And then, um, yeah, we rocked it. And elaborate hip hop 101. Uh, basically doing um, hip hop tracks. And then Steph would just do like mashup like lyrics, some of his own lyrics, some of, uh, you know, MC's lyrics or whatever. 
uh, just to kind of get the crowd into it. It's basically a, a crowd pleaser, or whatever. You. you know what I'm saying? I got you. Um, and then what do you call it? Like a medley? Yeah, medley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this cat was in the audience, and he was like, "Yo, I've got this studio set up in the back of uh, was it um, that music play music loft? Yeah, it was yeah, in Carborough. Yeah. That studio's still over there, is it? Yeah. And and he was, was it like, Chris. What was that dude's name? Man, I don't know. Chris was, Wimberly, maybe? It was 90, 98, Night Sounds 97, Studio? 98. Night Sounds? I don't know. Okay, don't well, remember. there's I don't know if it's the same dude, but there's still, uh, there's but still yeah, a studio. He, he had just set it up. Yeah. And he was like, yo, I'll record you for free. I'm trying to do this thing. And we went, all right, cool. So we went over there and recorded. Bro, you had dude, so much stuff That happen. first album, that first album, you can hear a fucking telephone ring in the background. <laughs> That's how jacked up it was. <laughs> If you listen really closely, there's two tracks where you can hear the fucking phone ring in the background. It was, oh my it was God, wild. Dude. Yeah. Two tracks. Yeah. <laughs> two tracks. That's a nice little Sankofa Easter egg right there. Yeah, dude. Man, you guys were really doing it, man. I think I was really uh I think I was really jealous of you guys. Really? And envious. Yeah, man, because y'all y'all just got to do like really dope shit, you know? Y'all had good gigs, man. Y'all were going off. And I just felt like we were doing something similar, you know? But like, yeah. we weren't we weren't cracking cracking the game like y'all were, man. But, but th that was the thing too, man. It was like, everybody felt like there was only room in the industry for one hip hop band. Well, and the I know, roots. I mean, let me ask you this, yeah. man. So I know you guys opened for The Roots. Yeah. And Dude, I, every time they came to North Carolina, they called us. Oh, so they, yeah, they were hyping you guys. Yeah, like when we, we first opened for them, um, fuck, I think it was like a UNC gig. That makes me really happy to hear because, you know, if somebody was going to, like I could see people, you know, like think of like hip hop, right? Like the roots really are the only like mainstream yeah. hip hop band. band yeah. You know, so like you said, there's room for one. And so it's, I'm sure that there are people that probably hated on y'all and was like, well, who do these, these guys think they're the fucking roots? Like, oh yeah, yeah, everybody You know what hated. I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sure y'all got like grief for that. Oh yeah, there was a big group popping off in Durham that we all know about that. Yeah. Yeah, just like, whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, so when I, you know, I, I wondered like when you played with a band like The Roots, if The Roots were not thinking like, yeah, these fucking kids like jocking our shit, you know? So I wasn't sure what their opinion of you was. So well, it makes well, me Hub, feel good Hub, to know. Hub and Brando uh, got into it a little bit because Hub misplaced his pickup for his bass. And, <laughs> and he assumed that Brando stole it because Brando had the exact same bass that oh. Hub had. And so Hub went through his shit. Damn. And Brandon was like, what the fuck? He's like, you took my my pickup. He's like, no, that's my pickup. And he found his pickup somewhere else. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that was the only thing. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I, so, yeah, I got, so they let you guys. Yeah, yeah. I got high with uh, Scratch and um, uh, who else was that? Um, damn, Scratch and somebody else. He, he, no, Dice Raw. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's a big dude. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good. It was good times. Uh, they came... The first time we opened for them was for a UNC show. We opened for them in like Cullowee, North Carolina, um, Durham. And then the last show was at uh, UNC, uh, a homecoming, when uh, Black Thought didn't even show up. And people were pissed and demanded their money back. People were walking out Damn. during that show. It was wild. Why was Black Thought out there? I don't know. I have no idea. I... 
saw the roots on Duke campus one time. It was one of those random things where like, you know, I was probably in high school or close to it. And I feel like we're just lit, you know? And then somebody, cause like there was no, you know, we barely had like cell phones and shit. Yeah. Um, I had a pager, you know, I probably had a pager at this point <laughs> in time, but basically somebody found out like, dude, the roots are playing on Duke campus. Like right now type shit. And like everybody just jumped in the cars and like busted it down there. And um, for people that had never seen the roots before, I think it was pretty common for them. Like after they did like all the roots shit, you know, they'll do like another whole set of just like playing like songs that, you know, like rock and roll songs, yeah. doing whatever, maybe doing like some hip hop cover type shit. And that shit blew my fucking mind, bro. Like the shit that they did afterwards was like so fucking good. Like those guys in their prime, like really are like incredibly sick. And like, I honestly got kind of tired of them after a while, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people will try to talk to me about Roots shit that came out like after Illadelph Half-Life. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really yeah. know that shit. But uh, I mean, obviously Black Thought, you know, incredible. I mean, the whole, the whole band is just yeah. super dope, super dope people. But um, I saw them uh on Duke campus and I also saw him at Ziggy's. Remember Ziggy's? Oh shit, yeah. I was at that show. Yeah, where, yeah. Com where Common was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> bro, we were both in Lurk Mode at that show. Fuck shit. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, a cool yeah, show, yeah. man. Yeah, I was there. Fuck. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I saw Common out in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah that was dope. Hell yeah, man. Ziggy's. Hell yeah, I went to mad shows out there. Yeah, dude, you that was like a that was like a good spot to see hip hop. I feel yeah. like um, yeah. I'm trying to remember some other stuff that I saw up there. I want to say like maybe I saw like the Far Side there, really, um, or something. Bro, were you at that Far Side show where I was on stage for like a long time? No. So, dude, check this shit out, man. This shit is crazy. So, uh, I'm like a huge fucking Far Side fan. Like when Bizarre Ride to Far Side came out, probably like '93 ish something do like we that. had a mural on our wall of that the it, album in the art. dungeon yeah oh, dude, <laughs> that art is so fucking nasty bro yeah. i mean i just i just worshiped that album you know and i there was a period of time when i knew every word on that record front to back that's an important part of the story so remember that i said that <laughs> so years later um they come and they do a show at uh um at cat's cradle hmm. and at that point uh fat lip is no longer in the group but I think it's the other three cats. And they did um, uh, Passing Me By. And when I think this is like a thing that they probably do, but they just pull all the all the girls on stage for Passing Me By. And they got the girls on stage dancing while, while they do that. And uh, I was either just dancing with a girl, because, you know, back then I was like pretty crazy. So I'd always like bow my way up to the front and I'd be like, you know, pounding on the stage, like just always crazy in the front. And so I hopped up on stage too. So I, I kind of like fade to the back, you know, but I'm still on stage and I keep, you know, I'm dancing and shit and they do the song and everybody gets off the stage, but I don't leave. And this other girl doesn't leave either. And they go into the next song and we're just on stage fucking bopping and we're just, we're just there and nobody seems to trip. Like even the audience wasn't tripping. Like they weren't booing. It was like <laughs> this, this white chick that was like super lit and the girl just is another uh, aside was super wasted. She was grabbing all over the dudes like while they were rapping. Like I'm actually surprised they didn't like just like boot her ass to the fucking ground. But she was doing all these crazy like expressive dance moves and shit. And she was throwing these kicks 
And at one point she threw a kick and it went so close to my face that I felt the wind. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> like right past my face. And I felt like a cool breeze on my face because uh, her fucking boot or whatever came so close to my face. But what I was doing was I was like hype manning. So I was like rapping all the words, you know? And I was, I was like, I was basically just acting like a hype man with no mic. But I was going really crazy and I was doing a bunch of shit. But here's here's my confession. My confession is that at, by that point in the game, I didn't really remember the lyrics like I had known them. And I was also really, really drunk. So I was kind of just doing like gibberish a lot of the time. I was just moving my mouth, making it look like I knew all the words, but I didn't know all the words. But they see me <laughs> doing this shit and they're like, this motherfucker's hype as shit. He knows all the fucking words. So, bro, oh God, this is making me sick to think about it. They offered me a microphone and asked me if I wanted to do Fat Lips parts. What? Are I you serious? I swear to fucking God, bro. And my heart broke into a million pieces because I was like, I, I can't. I can't, bro. Like, I don't know the words, man. Like, I didn't tell them that. You know, but like I had been fronting that whole time, like half the words that I was saying, I didn't really, like I said, I just was faking it. And I knew if they gave me them, I, I knew I couldn't do it, you yeah. know, and it, it would have been too bad if I had like took the mic and then fucked it up. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, couldn't yeah. work. So I just refused. But I'm like, bro, I could have been a member of the far side for one, one night. night. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, the love I had for I mean, can you believe it, bro? I could have been fat lip for a day, bro. Like Oh my God. It it hurt me so bad to have yeah, to say yeah. to have to say no, no. man. <laughs> Um, and I, I don't know if I just like humbly like climbed off stage at that point or, or what, man. But like, and I remember people coming up to me and saying like, bro, I saw you on stage. That was dope. I feel like I was at a party one time and somebody was like, yo, that was you. Like, that was dope. Like, I don't know why they thought it was cool, but like everybody seemed to be okay with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked dope, right? Yeah. I mean, shit, you were having fun. You were vibing, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you still and didn't matter. I was a, I was a hype Fuck man. It. Yeah. Because my friends were like, bro, I thought, because I told them what happened afterwards. And my, yeah. I remember my friends being like, dude, wow. Like, my, my boy's like, dude, I thought you knew all the words. Like, and I was like, dude, I know. I was just faking it, man. <laughs> I, you know, I knew some. I knew some, knew but some. not. But, I mean, if you would have known all of them. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Fat lip for a day. I haven't thought about that. Shit, whatever. I haven't thought about that uh, in a long time, man. But were you at, I guess you weren't at that show. No. I guess you weren't at that, that show. No. And you know, I think what ended up happening is that they formed like two factions. I feel yeah. like it ended up with like Fat Lip and another dude formed, ended up forming like one far side and then two other guys formed like Slim Kid and like another dude formed like the other far side. And just kind of toured their own thing yeah maybe like, man did they just break up because they were pissed at each other or? i think so oh, really? i mean yeah like what other reason oh right could on. there be like you know I there's mean, more there's more money just together than separate true just could have been like fuck it i would imagine i don't know if they're still touring i guess they're not well think about all the bands that hate each other's guts you yeah. know what i mean what's up you motherfuckers we're listening to lurk mode dj pez The older I get, the more I want to fucking seclude. 
Dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, what's up, man? Dude, what's up with so what's the retirement dream, bro? Buy a coffee farm? You know, what's where's the where are you gonna where's where's your coffee farm gonna be, bro? Oh no, I'm not fucking with a coffee farm, dude. That's too much work. Okay. Yeah. So where what's your what's your ideal seclusion uh, ideal old man retirement type shit. shit? Maybe maybe the kids are are on their own. <clears throat> Kids you know, are on their own. Um, this is like man, full on, like old man retirement anywhere in the world. In a boat in the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, why like, do dudes like us always want to end up in some like tropical locale, man? It's warm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. A, I'm. I. It's I, I warm get cold, year round, bro. dude. I'm a right. cold boy, man. Oh yeah. 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 I need. I'm almost born in Cali, bro. I've got that Cali blood. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the cold, man. Yeah. I, I used to like the cold, but then then I moved to Boston and I realized. You know, we don't know what cold is down here. Yeah. 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 yeah my homeboy lives in Chicago. Yeah. He, he oh, yeah. That's another cold spot. It is there and yeah. I'm like, bro, that's yeah. really intense. Yeah, that's cold. Minneapolis, too. Like, it's cold there. Yo, have you been to Minneapolis? Yes. Okay. Is it yeah. awesome? Um, I had a great time. It was, it was one of those coffee events. Sure. Yeah. Coffee has taken me around. A lot of places. Well, you know, Minneapolis every, is one of them. Every Prince, Prince. fan. Yeah. Yes, Look, so, yes. you know, I'm obsessed with Prince yeah. and all things Prince. And I just have this this feeling that like if I like set foot in Minneapolis, like it's gonna be like I'm in fucking Purple Rain or something. No, shit, it wasn't you know? like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> but you know, what I, mean? I have I have I have romanticized that <clears throat> yeah, city like yeah. so much because just I mean, of what it represents. But th there are those alleys that you pass that resemble those alleys when he was riding his bike through through the <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, like yeah, the yeah. fucked up parts of minneapolis you know um but, but like so if yeah. you think about uh nashville right you know uh, nashville, yeah. like nashville. There's, a, there's a there's a bar on every corner with a band in it you know but you, you're going to be hearing some like nashville type music but I just imagine that if you're walking down the street in Minneapolis, it's just like, ah, <laughs> like you know, you're just hearing like, no, you're not, you're like you're just hearing I, some I, like, you know, fucking. I was uh, walking down the street and got a mouthful of mace. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was not, cold as fuck. Not the too. rapper. Who's hot? Who not? No, no, no. That would be that would be suspect. No, I, I think there was a fight and the cops broke it up and, and there was a lot, a lot of mace involved. And oh, yeah, I'm shit. walking by and I'm talking and let's get a mouthful of it and it's like, you know, I'm fucked up for a minute. Oh my god! But yeah, that, that was yeah, that was my mini upwards. You know, we've been talking a lot about these different uh like coffee events so like what is the most lit coffee event that you've ever been to was it the amsterdam show or like oh shit. give me an example of like a wild ass time at like a coffee expo. <laughs> um 2011 uh bogota colombia wow uh, yeah that was uh so i was i was invited out uh, by uh, so Cindy Chang, who uh, taught me everything in the coffee competition. She was now the director of the World Barista Competition, and they needed someone to run uh, the cafes. There were three like cafes set up at the event, and there was all these volunteers, hundreds of volunteers from around the world that wanted to work 
as baristas in these cafes and just make coffee and, and give out coffee. And they needed someone to manage uh, those those baristas because the person they had, his wife was having a baby. So she called me last minute and I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to, I'll go to Columbia. So I go to Columbia and this was the first year that uh, a barista from a coffee producing country had made it into the final round of the barista competition. Wow. That sounds and, significant somehow. Yeah, it was super <laughs> significant because it's always been like white dudes from Europe right, that course. have won the of world course. barista yeah. competition. And and although, you know, countries from all around the world compete. Uh, and so this guy, he's from, uh, well, first of all, the Colombian woman, she made it to the semifinals. So all the, you know, Colombia, it seemed like everybody in Colombia was in this fucking, um, you know, convention center. And they were just rooting her on, wanting her to get to the finals. She didn't make it to the finals, but the guy from El Salvador did. So everyone was rooting and was behind El nice. Salvador. Thousands of people in there, right? And uh, my boy from the U.S., um, he was in finals. And I wanted him to win, but, you know, no one from a coffee-producing country ever won. And so I had to rally behind, you know, this cat from El Salvador, Alejandro. And when he won, dude, the place just erupted. Oh my god, bro! We went to my this party. My heart is gushing right now. We bro. went to the after <laughs> the after party was at this restaurant. The restaurant was literally four blocks, so there was a street that ran through the restaurant, and they had crossing guards if you wanted to go from one part of the restaurant to the other. Oh. And they had like I think it was eight dance floors, and. <laughs> when, oh when Alejandro showed up to the after party, oh my God. it was nuts. I mean, I had people on my shoulders. People had me on their shoulders. We lifted Alejandro up. We were carrying him through the whole restaurant. It was fucking insane. That was one of the best coffee events ever, dude. It, oh. was, it, was, it was nuts. Oh it was nuts. Oh my God, man. Oh my God. Like, uh, hold on, man. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig into the sound bank because I don't have this. Uh, I didn't have this in the lurk mode uh, file, but we gotta hit him with one of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit, cuz. It was shit. like that. Yeah, Bogota, dude. Yeah. Wow, cuz. Okay, so I'm about to ask you um, the most um, adult slash uh, NPR ass question I've ever asked anybody uh, on a podcast, but um. Uh, DJ Pez, if somebody wanted to get into the coffee industry, <laughs> where, how would you tell them to begin? Where, what would you tell them to do? Uh, get, <laughs> <laughs> find somebody who's hiring and get your foot in the door, man. Uh, just figure out the industry, you know, it, with any industry, really, you know, you, you, you get into that industry the best way you can. And once you're in there. Uh, if you like it, if you enjoy it, you learn uh, as much about the industry as you can. I knew, I never knew that coffee, um, you know, the industry was so big. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's taken me all around the world. I visited like 25 different coffee farms on three continents and learned that I don't know shit about growing coffee, although I've learned <laughs> so much from the actual farmers that do this for a living, you know? Uh, and then that coffee travels from the farm to these roasters. And these roasters, you know, there's all kinds of jobs at a roastery. You know, I started at Counterculture just fucking bagging coffee. 
you know, just to get my foot in the door and learn about, you know, roasting coffee and where does it go after that? They have a wholesale department where they, you know, sell to wholesale partners. And I got into that department, um, you know, selling coffee, consulting, teaching people about coffee, uh, and the whole time competing. And the more I competed, the more I put myself in these different networks all around the country and even all around the world. And then finally in 2016, when I finally won the U.S. Barista Competition after eight seasons, uh, I represented the U.S. in the World Barista Competition in Dublin, Ireland, of all places. And, <laughs> and I took my family to Dublin and, you know, toured Ireland for two weeks. It was dope as fuck, you know? And, you know, although I didn't win the World Barista Competition, I made it to finals out of 65 countries. I placed fourth. And I didn't think anything would come of that, but... After that competition, I got invited out to you know Japan. I got invited to China three, four times, Ethiopia, South Africa, Kenya, uh, Brazil, Colombia. And I'm going to these places and they want to know my experience. They want to know what I, you know, feel about, you know, coffee and and they want to learn from me. It's, it's just Bro, fucking I am blowing my mind. So yeah. happy for you, man. <laughs> that sounds so amazing. I mean, you really are a rock star of the coffee industry man and um you know fucking <laughs> so i mean, I mean it, it start with any industry if you really get into it you know you can see how far it can go and just find you know avenues that you can make shit work for yourself you i know? mean what an inspiring story though bro i mean you have a really cool uh i'm really glad we got to talk about uh so much different stuff uh from your life today man because you have you have such a great story and uh I'm glad we got to tell it a little bit yeah. uh, on the show today, man, just to get a little sentimental with you. Um, last thing, bro, um, let's plug let's plug your coffee company because we haven't really talked about it that much. I don't even really know exactly who's involved or all the different uh, bases you cover. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a rundown of uh, your company and let everybody know how they can get your shit, you know, how to find you if they need to find you, if you want to be found, because I know about that, <laughs> that seclusion, bro. So, uh, you know, don't feel like you got to <clears throat> drop your contact on here. But um, yeah, man, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Black and White Roasters? Yeah. So so after about, you know, 15, 16 years of being in the coffee industry and having so many opportunities in front of me from people who invested time in me, um, I had the chance to do the same thing for other people. Uh, when I won the U.S. Barista Competition, uh, my buddy Kyle Ramage, uh, he was actually backstage working for this other company, and you know I had him, you know, with me to taste through some coffees when I made it into into the final round. And after I won, I was like, why don't you come with me to Dublin? You could be my coach. And, you know, he coached me through some things that helped me get into the finals and do really well. And then he was turned on to uh, competing and asked me to coach him. And so he won the following year in 2017. Oh, my God. And so two baristas from the Southeast have never won the U.S. competition before. And we won back to back using the same coffee from the same farmer from Panama. And... We go to Seoul, Korea for, for the world competition, and he plays six in the world. And, you know, this entire time we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with a, just a cafe. Um, and a lot of what he believes and what I believe in how we approach coffee and how we approach, you know, the consumer, we kind of mesh those ideas together. 
And after he won the US, uh, one of his mentors had a coffee roastery in Wake Forest called Back Alley. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with the coffee business. Do you guys want to buy this? And this was our chance, man. So we bought the roastery, we turned it into black and white. And black and white is basically meaning the simplicity of coffee, making it more approachable to the average consumer. So we have all these wonderful coffees that, you know, your, your basic average coffee drinker would love, you know? Uh, and then we have a company where we can actually go out and find those really exotic coffees that we, we dig and other people might get into as well. So, you know, our, our mission is to make especially coffee, exceptional coffee, simple. That's basically what we do. And our values are always about, you know, community, excellence and, and service. So everything that we do, we, we base it through those core values, pushing uh, our mission with making great opportunities for people in, in the industry, in our area, um, and, and just partnering with a lot of people, whether they're farmers or equipment manufacturers, or, you know, even like alternative milk companies, you know? <laughs> So Black and White Coffee Roasters was born in 2017. And you can find us, you know, we, we have three cafes, one in downtown Raleigh, one in Wake Forest, one in Roseville. And then you can find us online at blackwhiteroasters.com. Okay. So, and then yeah. people can just order, like, oh, order yeah, just coffee straight up. Or, yeah. 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 Right. And then, so what do you, you know, like someone like me, like, let's say I want to, I want to fuck with your coffee, but like, I don't have, I don't have, I don't even think I have a, like a coffee maker, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, I sh I'm, you know, I'm sure it's not going to go out and buy, um, that crazy ass scale right there. No, you know? So no. what's like, the, what's the easiest way for somebody like me to just, uh, enjoy some of your coffee? Like what, do, what are like the basic tools that I would need? I mean, dude, if you're in town, just come by the cafe, we'll hook you up. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, if you don't just, just, you know what we did, we did get into uh, instant coffee. We uh, produce our own instant so you can actually find that online. Yeah, oh, you, you need know some what? Hot that water. is that is way more my speed, yeah. bro. Oh, you need that some hot water. You can even throw it in some milk and make your own latte. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, dude, on that note, man, Lem, aka DJ Pez, <laughs> bro. It was so great uh going down memory lane with you, man. And um just getting to talk about all this shit and uh drinking some delicious coffee, man. I am fucking I feel good right now, bro. <laughs> I feel good. I mean you know, not just the coffee, but um, this coffee was was uh, outstanding. Yeah. It just it was just great. To, I mean, bro, this was like farm to table type right? shit. You know, like <laughs> you just made it like in front of me, like so tenderly. You know, you brought all this uh, this equipment inside, man. Like I said, we're just we're in the studio, man. He did all this shit just Heck right yeah. in front of me, man. Um, and it was fantastic, man. How many people you know roll with a little coffee shop in the back of the truck? <laughs> Nobody, man. <laughs> Nobody, man. You really are like uh, you're like a superhero with this shit, man. <laughs> For real, man. Um, they should make a they should make a movie about you one day. You know how we do. Yo, DJ Pez here. You're listening to Lurk Mode. Peace. Two times. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need some more coffee. Thinking about making a podcast of your own? We can help you with that. Sparse Mansion Media is available to handle all your podcast needs. Reach out to J Waves on Instagram at official J Waves or via email at sparsemansionmediallc at gmail.com. That's sparsemansionmediallc, all one word, at gmail.com.